Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. Why don't we go ahead and turn to Luke, chapter 22, picking up in verse 31. Luke 22, verse 31. The title of our message this morning is Stay Connected. Several years ago, somebody called our home, and he was a representative from AT&T. He wanted to know if I, wanted, if I was interested in uh, AT&T being our internet provider. And I told him that I was you know, happy with our internet provider, and that we wouldn't need to switch over and all that. And, but somehow we, we got on the subject of Jesus Christ. Imagine that. And I asked this young man if he was a Christian, and, and he said no, and I started to share the gospel with him. I started sharing, you know, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that, you know, you must be born again, and you need to repent of your sin, and we're all sinners, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And I just started sharing the gospel with this young man, and he says, you know, the strange thing is you tell me that. He says, you know, I just got out of jail not too long ago. And he said, my jail cell mate, the, the, the guy that was in the jail cell with me, he said, you know, his father was a pastor. And he says, the same things you're telling me, he was telling me. And I says, well, you know, I think God wants to get your attention and, you know, you should listen and all this stuff. And he says, and the strange thing, you know, you're telling me this today. He said, this is, you know, this is bizarre as I even tell you this story. He says, you know, my car broke down. I've got two cars. Both of my cars were broke down this morning. And he said, I finally got one of them to, to start. He says, so I, I was running late, so I ran a red light. I got pulled over by the police. I got a ticket. Then my car broke down again, he says. And then a lady pulled over to see if I was okay. And she had me a pamphlet. And it, and it says something about being born again. He said, that just happened to me this morning. And you're talking to me about being born again and about knowing Jesus Christ. And I says, I... Certainly sounds like God is, you know, trying to get your attention, don't you think? He goes, yeah, I really think so. So then I told him, I says, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to pray and ask Christ to come into your life. You need to repent of your sin. And he goes, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to write this down. And he says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to receive Christ into my life. And it was so awesome. Here he was trying to get me connected with AT&T, but instead he got connected. <laughs> And hopefully became born again of God's Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? As believers, we're to stay connected. As we read for our scripture reading, we're to abide in the vine. Abide in him. Abide in his word. We're to stay connected. And this morning, we're going to have reminders of that. The, the importance of abiding in him and staying connected to our very power source. And that's God and his word. So with that, let's go ahead. Let's... Take a look at Luke chapter 22, picking up in verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that you, that, excuse me, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he, Peter, said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. But he, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Wow. This is a long chapter, a lot of good stuff. I would encourage you to read this whole chapter, maybe even sometime today. I, 
I'll just kind of summarize a few things that this chapter talks about. In this chapter, Jesus is betrayed by Judas Iscariot. In this chapter, we see Jesus has his last Passover meal with his disciples. In this chapter, Jesus is arrested and he's brought before the Jewish council. In this chapter, Peter denies knowing Jesus, as we touched on here a little bit. In this chapter, Jesus confesses to be the Son of God before the Jewish religious leaders. It's a wonderful chapter. We're, we're going to just kind of focus, though, on these four verses here in verse 31 and, and this statement that Jesus makes to Simon Peter. And I want to draw your attention back, if I can, to verse 31. And it says again, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. If you're a note-taker, a good note to take that word you... And I, before I get there, you know, Simon, Simon, I, I, I hear the, the, the endearment in God's voice, in Jesus' voice, don't you? Simon, Simon. Are there people that you love and you repeat their, you know, when they mess up or they do something, you're like, there's this guy I used to work for me, a good friend of mine, he's, uh, Bill Licavoli, and he would, you know, do things, you know, some crazy things at work, and I'd say, Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> He'd put his head down and, I, you know, Bill, Bill, but it was a, you know, because he was my buddy. You know, when he messed up, it wasn't, I wasn't excited that he was messed up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get you and you're fired and all. And I'd be like, Bill, Bill, Bill. And I, and I see this, Simon, Simon. You hear the love in his voice, Jesus' love for Simon Peter. And he says, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. He, he wants to sift you as wheat. And again, if you're a note-taker, the word you in Greek is a good note. It's plural meaning not just Simon Peter, but for you, it's plural. All the disciples, you know, the, the Lord, you know, the, the, excuse me, Satan has asked for you guys. He wants to sift you guys as wheat. And, and yeah, he's focusing on Simon Peter, and he's talking to Simon Peter. But in the Greek, he, it for sure, most definitely, it's plural, and he means you guys. What is sifting wheat? It's something we should know. Most of you know this already. When you, you know, you sift wheat, I'll, I'll get a little, whoa, that's the, the verse, a little picture up there. When you sift it, you, you actually, you take a, a tool, like this tool right here, and you, you kind of beat it. You, you beat on it until the, 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 the husk is removed from the, the grain. And so you, you beat it and you beat it and you, you try to remove the, the chaff or the husk off of the, the grain. And then after you're done with that, then you throw, the, throw it up into the air. And then the air, you, you typically on a mountain or something, the air comes and kind of uh, takes the, the chaff, the light husk and chaff, and it blows it away. And then the weed itself, the good stuff, falls to the ground. But I don't know. You look at that again. Does that look too comfortable? Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, to destroy you, to, to totally pulverize you. And the other disciples, Satan wants to destroy and pulverize you. With that, I'd like to mention that Satan in the demonic realm, the realms of darkness, want to destroy us as believers. Do you guys know that? Yeah. We're in a battle. And as it's true that God has a good plan for every one of our lives, and, and he's got a plan for us, and his thoughts and his plans and his purpose for each one of us here is good, not evil, to give us a future and a hope. But as true as that is, Satan also has a plan for you to destroy that plan that God has for your life. And he wants to pulverize you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to get you and I off track of what God has in store for each one of us. And it's good. We're, we're, we're not to be you know, ignorant of Satan's devices. 
We're, we're to be wise. That's why we stay in the word of God. That's why we study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We stay in the word to see, you know, we, so we can recognize the tacks, the attacks and the, the, the tactics of the devil. Regarding this, I found, I found this I thought was very interesting, just kind of a comparison or a contrast between God, what God has for us versus what Satan has. So the first one was we say, God, God, God wants to steal you. What does it say? Satan wants to rush you. God wants to reassure you, but what does Satan want to do? He wants to frighten us. God wants to lead you. Satan wants to push you. God wants to, wants to enlighten you, but... Satan wants to confuse you. He's an author of confusion. God wants to forgive you. Satan wants to, can we say that one together? Yes. He's the great condemner, wants to condemn you. God wants to calm you. Satan wants to stress you, make you stressed out. God wants to encourage you. But what does Satan want to do? Discourage you. And then God, last one here, wants to comfort you. But what does Satan want to do? We're in a battle. When you feel rushed, who do you think that's from? Not from God. When you feel frightened, who do you think that's from? It's not from God. When you feel pushed or confused, who's that from? God is not an author of confusion. When you feel condemned, who do you think that's coming from? It's not from God. When you feel stressed out, that's not from God. When you feel discouraged, that's not from God. When you are worried, that's not from God. These are attacks of the enemy. They're not from God. And I would suggest if you fall under any of these categories, if you feel in your life you're feeling frightened, you're feeling rushed, you're feeling pushed, you're feeling confused, you're feeling condemned, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling worried, God is not giving you those things. And if I was you, I wouldn't receive them. I would choose to do it God's way. Be still and know that he's God. Be assured in who you are in Christ. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Be enlightened by his word. Knowing that you're forgiven. Walk in peace and calmness. Walking with encouragement and walking with comfort. That's our God. Some years ago, about 14 years ago, my wife and I, we went to Scotland to visit her dad because he was on the brink of death. As most of you know the story, he he did pray to receive Christ before he died, and he became radical for Jesus. I, I, I've told this before, but I love the story. I remember my wife and I walking into the hospital, and from a distance, we, we, her dad was you know, at the end of this big, this big room that we were in, and he was so filled with God, his eyes were like flashlights shining across the room. And she looked at her dad, and he was like 80 pounds or 75 pounds. He was just, you know, skin and bones. And she said, look at him. I says, honey, look at his eyes. And she was blown away as I was. His eyes were just beaming with the Lord. And all they wanted was the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. He couldn't even eat. His swallowing action shut down. He couldn't eat anymore. And they tried to put a feeding tube on him. He pulled it out. He didn't want a feeding tube. He just wanted to hear the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. And I would read to him for hours and hours, sitting there reading to him and reading to him and reading to him. One of the highlights of my whole life. And I'd have to get up to go to the restroom, so I'd quietly, he'd fall asleep, you know, and I'm reading, and I set the Bible down, and I'd go sneak to the door, and as I was making it to the door, he'd say, Joe, read to me. <laughs> I'd go sit down again and read and read for hours and hours and hours. One of the times we walked in first thing in the morning, and he he had such a depressed look on his face. 
I mean, something that I've never seen before. It actually looked like something was pulling his, his mouth down. It was just like this, like so oppressed. And we're like, Dad, what's wrong? What's going on? And he's like, you know, God must have forgot about me. He's not taking me. I'm, I'm still here. Why doesn't he take me? Why is he forget? Did he forget about me? We said, no, Dad, he didn't forget about you. God loves you. And he was under heavy spiritual attack. And the room just felt like a heaviness in the room, like I've never felt in my life. And we just started praising Jesus, started worshiping the Lord. And then I started reading to him again and reading to him again. And I looked at his countenance, and his countenance changed again. And he was filled with joy again, filled with peace again. But let me tell you, if I've seen a spiritual battle that time, that was a heavy spiritual battle that was taking place, trying to discourage him in his weakness. We're in a spiritual battle. Satan wants to destroy us, but he can't. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he with him not freely give us all things? Who is it that condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding, praying for us. God is on our side. Yes, Satan wanted to sift the disciples and Peter as wheat, but guess what? He can't do it. Because Jesus said, I prayed for you. Other things, real quick. What are these tactics? The tactics of Satan. I just want to look at a few. He tempts us to sin. I'm sure both of if you've walked with the Lord long enough, you could say amen to that, right? He tempts us to sin. Amen. He tempts us to sin. He wants us to sin. He, he wants us to get caught up with the sin of the world. And he's, he's the tempter. He's the great tempter. And he, he puts it out. He puts the bait in front of us. But guaranteed, that bait that he has out there that looks so good, that looks so awesome, there's a hook in it to pull you back into the world. So I just want to say, he, he's a tempter. He wants you to sin. Turn away from it. He tries to make us doubt God's word and God's love for us constantly. From the beginning, he, he tempted Eve, hath God said. The attack on the word of God, hath God said. Attacking the word. When you study the word, have you ever done this before? You're studying the word of God, and it's like, well, I don't know, that's kind of hard to believe. Or you get under some kind of weird attack. It's Satan trying to deceive you. God's word is true. You can stand on God's word. But he'll attack it. He'll attack God's love for you. Does God love me? Well, if you're here today and you don't know the answer to that, God loves you. God is love. He tries to bring fear in our lives. Fear is ugly, isn't it? Fear, worry. Guaranteed, if you're afraid of something, if you, if you feel worried about something, that's not from God. That's what he tries. It's a tactic of the enemy. Another one, he tries to make us anxious and worried. Isn't that a terrible one? Bring anxiousness. What does the Bible say? Be anxious for? Well, you guys know that one pretty good, huh? <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. That means nothing. In the Greek, let me tell you what nothing means, okay? Nothing. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. Be worried about nothing. When you get an anxious thought, when you become worried, delete it. Sometimes in the middle of the night, what will happen, I, I know sometimes I'll wake up and I'll get a, a worried, you know, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I've realized the, the wisdom, I've heard actually a teaching on this on the radio, that, you know, in the middle of the night, when you have thoughts like that, you, know, you don't think too good in the middle of the night, okay? So delete it. 
And I do that. I'll wake up like, oh, whoa, what, oh, wait a second. I'm just half asleep. Oh, man, what if this happens? Oh, oh, man. And I'm like, and I've learned, delete. If I feel this way in the morning, I'll think about that. And if it's something God's trying to show me, I'll worry about it then. But right now, I'm not thinking too straight. Delete. Delete. Doesn't have to be in the middle of the night. Whenever it comes, if it's a worry and anxious thought, delete it. It's not from God. He desires for us to be oppressed and depressed. You see so many Christians like so depressed. Hi, Pastor Joe. (laughs) I know it's Sunday. I'm here to praise the Lord or whatever, you know, just like, come on. He does not, God does not want you to be depressed. God does not want you to be oppressed. God wants to encourage you. God wants you to be filled with joy. He wants to give you a joy that remains. But the enemy tries to bring oppression and depression. What else? He tries to get us puffed up in pride. This is a terrible one, isn't it? This is crazy. Like, you know, I, you know I, just personally, I'll tell you, you know, I, I rely so much on God. God, thank you. God, you know, you're so awesome. You're so good. I can't believe what you're doing. As soon as I get in that realm thinking, boy, I did a pretty good job here, didn't I? <laughs> he knocks me down because that's pride. God hates pride. Anything good that happens in our life, it's because God, every good and perfect gift comes down from him, the father of light. He is good. He tries to make us envious and jealous of others. No, we don't do that, do we? (laughs) It's not godly. Jealous of others, envious of others. He tries to bring discouragement and condemnation. We talked about that. He tries to get us preoccupied with the things of the world. This is a real tricky one. Because this could fall in a good category. Well, it's a good thing, yeah, but is it of God? Well, it's a good thing. This is, you know, this is a good gift. Every good gift comes from, down from God. This is, I think this is God. But is it keeping you from the best thing, your relationship with God? Is it keeping you from a, being connected with God? No matter how good it is, is it from God? Is it for you? Is it helping you? And he always tries to get us preoccupied with, can you say that one with me? Ourselves ourselves. One of the greatest enemies we have, we meet him every morning when we look in the mirror. (laughs) Self. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. And this one can seem so innocent. Me, my, me, my. You see little children, mine. It's me, it's mine. We, we, they learn it so young and we, we can hold on to me, me, the me disease. It's all about me. No, take your eyes off yourself. Put your eyes on Jesus Christ. Put your eyes on the needs of others. And God will take care of you. The tactics of Satan. Peter, the apostle, was overly confident in himself. He ended up denying Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. Great verses that go with this. John 10, 10. The thief talking about Satan, does not come except to steal and to kill and to, can you say that word with me? Destroy. But what does this say? That's the first part of the verse. But Jesus is talking here. says, but I have come that you may have life and that more, and that they may have it more abundantly. What a verse, isn't it? 
Look at that verse. Satan, the thief comes. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and I've come to give you life more abundantly. I want to give you an abundant life. I want to give you a spiritually abundant life. I want you to walk in the abundance of my Holy Spirit. I want you to walk in the abundance of my goodness. I want you to walk in the abundance of my grace. I want you to walk in the abundance of my peace. I want you to walk in the abundance of my joy. Satan wants to destroy you. Satan wants to deceive you. Satan wants to kill you. Satan wants to confuse you. But Jesus said, that's not me. This is what I want. I want to give you spiritual life, and I want to give it to you abundantly. Next verse that goes great with this. The apostle Peter tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, be sober, be awake, be vigilant. Maybe that's you this morning. The Lord's saying, be awake, be vigilant. Do you know you can get attacked in church? Spiritual attacks, be awake, be vigilant. Have you ever opened up your Bible? This happens to me sometimes at night. I'll sit in there with my wife. We're sitting in the bed. You know, it's okay, honey, I'm going to read to you. Oh, man. Open up the Bible. It's almost like sleeping gas. It's just coming out. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what is going on? I was just so wide awake a minute ago. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion. He, he's wanting to destroy you. It's healthy for us to know. One more quote, and we'll go on. C.S. Lewis calls this world enemy-occupied territory. In other words, the enemy is occupying. He, you know, this world is the, you know, the, Satan is the god of this world, the Bible says. But, but actually, God owns everything. He owns this world. One day, the enemy that occupies this world is going to be booted out. But until then, we're in a battle. And it's healthy for us to realize that we're in a battle. Let's go back to our text if we can. Verse 32. So the enemy wants to sift us as wheat. It goes out not just to Peter, to the disciples. It goes out to us. But this is the good part, the good news. Verse 32, I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. Jesus is saying the enemy wants to take you out, wants to take out the other apostles. But you know what? I prayed for you. And I'm praying that your faith will not fail. I'm praying that when you go through this temptation, when you mess up, you will still walk by faith. And the next point I want to make with this, and I hope you all know this, Jesus is always praying for us. Do you know that? Now, he's not just talking. He's talking, yes, right here to, to the, the apostle Peter, but there's scripture that tells us that Jesus Christ, he's interceding for us, constantly praying for us as believers. Isn't that comforting to you? That our Lord Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you interceding for you and interceding I believe one of the things he's praying for is that your faith too would not fail it was funny a while back I was I don't even remember what I was going through I was going through a you know kind of a battle or something that was you know pretty intense and I thought you know it'd probably be good if I call someone up another pastor friend of mine let's pray together you know that's the best thing to do is pray then I dial it up and I dial his phone number and it goes to voicemail so I thought, okay, no, no, I, I want to call somebody else. So maybe the Lord would have me talk to this guy. So I called this person up, and it goes to voicemail. I'm like, Lord, who do you want me to, you know, I was in my car, and I, you know, I'm like, who do you want me to call? Who do you, you know, who do I call? I need prayer. And, and I felt the Lord, you know, put a thought in my mind, what about me? 
I said, okay, Lord, I've got you on speakerphone right now. I need help. And he instantly helped. He instantly took care of whatever that problem, so much so I don't even remember what it was. The apostle Peter was told, Satan wants to take you out, but I've prayed. And I prayed that your faith should not fail. We know the story. His faith did not fail. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.